Disclaimer. This podcast is not suitable for children. We do curse and talk about very adult topics. We also talk about darker topics with a sense of humor, but are by no means making light of those who experience any sort of trauma and have no intention of offending. All sources for research will be in the podcast episode description, wherever you may be listening. Thanks for your time. And the dog hair is free. Okay, part two. PT2. Yeah, let's just get into it. Yep. So what are we what are we doing? Where are we picking up? So we're picking up at chapter nine, apparitions. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been through doppelgangers. We've talked about wraiths. We talked about a little bit of the history of the book and Catherine Crow's history. Um, we told a couple stories within some of those chapters. Um, from this point on, I'm not going to be reading directly from the book anymore. I'm going to, I'm I'm just paraphrasing at this point, just because from from this point on. The stories are much longer and much more detailed, mm-hmm. and I cannot read. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you didn't know, notice me struggling previously in part one. <laughs> I would absolutely be struggling with these stories. You haven't, you having a, a hard time. You're on the struggle bus a little bit. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> this book is so hard to read. Um. Anyways, chapter nine, apparitions. Um. This chapter is extremely disorganized, um, and darts so quick. To so many different things. The first paragraph of this chapter could be summed up with, I have a lot of friends, paraphrasing her words, I have a lot of friends who've seen ghosts, and I know that seems convenient, but not all of my friends have seen ghosts, and I don't personally know everybody whose story I'm telling. So it's like, okay, got it. All right. Noted. Little disclaimer. Then there's stuff about how people try to explain away by saying that they don't believe it was a ghost just because they don't believe ghosts are real. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Then she says kids should totally be told about ghosts. And I think what she's trying to do is to create a better coping po- coping mechanism for death and loss. But using, quote unquote, you might see your dead friend again seems like the wrong trajectory. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. But the idea is that death is explained more as a transition to the next life and and it can keep a sense of faith alive mm-hmm. um, for the future. Mm. Then she shares a couple of stories about kids who are totally chill with ghosts mm-hmm. and then whiplashes into more random ghost stories, uh, makes a random argument point about why ghosts or raids or whatever don't show themselves on the reg and continues to make weird metaphors uh, like... If hurricanes and earthquakes were to be a regular occurrence that people would lose the motivation to build and cultivate and the world would be a wreck and a wilderness. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ma'am, I mean, ghosts and hurricanes are not equivalent. <laughs> okay. That's... Yeah. That is a bold statement. Yeah. She, that one's not... This is a little half-baked. Um, so yeah, we're just going to move on from that. Mm. Um, talks about how apparitions might appear and then it makes sense for them to appear in the nature and place that they were most comfortable or familiar, but seeing them naked is a possibility too. Um, because. Um, cause they want to be naked. I don't know. Cause why not? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they like being naked. Uh, mm-hmm. to finish off the chapter, uh, there are some more stories involving apparitions of people who had anxieties that tethered them to the world of the living until their worries were attended to. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Chapter nine. Well, that one, that last one's kind of the common thing, like ghost or ghost because of unfinished business on earth. Well, and and we get back to that point in a later chapter two for some reason. Like she just doesn't finish a thought. Like she just darts, Mm -hmm. which I guess I can't, I mean, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys would have been besties. So, I don't, you know, I guess I can't judge her too hard on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 10, The Future That Awaits Us. Uh, this chapter starts off by arguing, again, that ghosts and these occurrences should be studied scientifically and not thrown out is not being possible. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we get it. That's why you're writing the book. Um, then we get all existential and talk about where the soul may go according to whether we are good or bad. Mm-hmm. brings attention to the flaws in seeing things so black and white and introduces a moral gray area. 
which I find a weird comfort in in this next point, but um, this is basically summed up as a water seeks its own level mm-hmm. kind of meaning where like the good finds good and the wicked finds wicked. Mm. Then makes a very bold statement. It is a vulgar notion to imagine that heaven and hell are places. They are states. And it is our, in ourselves that we must look for both. They are states. They are states. With government <laughs> and governors and... Heaven is placed on earth. Border. <laughs> I said it first. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get what she's saying. That's within you. So, like, all of that, you know, it's like, okay, I think I can kind of get get with that. Like, there's that's a, a little comforting to not be so black and white, good and bad, mm-hmm. that, you know... We kind of find our own level. Water seeks its own level. I've, I've always kind of found comfort in that, I think. Yeah. So, how are we judged? By a god? I, Catherine proposes that we punish ourselves. Mm-hmm. That we build up our own heaven or hell and that we must carry it. Uh, and then nicely segues into the phenomenon of seeing my, la- my life flash before my eyes. Um, At this point, the soul is away from the physical body, or mask, as she starts calling it, views the life of the mask, where the the soul views the life that the mask had, and is its own judge. Mm -hmm. So the soul is basically stripped away from all of the, like, uh, emotional burden Mm -hmm. and and whatever else and prejudices that they might have had or whatever else, and the soul just kind of, like, looks at the real of the life of this mask or this body that it was in, and then it judges itself. Mm. How does Miss Catherine know all this, you think? Mm. She's been talking to the Babas. <laughs> well. <laughs> Dale. <laughs> Eat up Dale. Well, she knows all of this mm-hmm. because of all these ghost stories that she's been telling and because of the sonambules. You heard me. That's the babas. The sonambules. <laughs> the sonambules. Uh, sonambules are sleepwalkers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. Oh. They're of the highest order. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. She says that. Yeah. She is so long-winded with anything else. She gives the sonambules one sentence. They are of the highest order, period. Don't question it. Moving on. Don't question it. <laughs> I said what I said. It I said is what, what I it said. Is. Heaven is a place on earth. The sun almost told me. <laughs> okay. All right, Catherine. Um, most of the sleepwalkers are women, and that brings us to the theory that women are more sensitive t- than men to the paranormal, which I'm just going to, we're just going to graze right past that. Uh, I think the masculine. <laughs> all, all sexism implied. Yeah. We're just going to. I'm going to graze past that because I think the masculine feminine conversation is a much more vast and delicate conversation that can be had at a later time. Uh, and. <laughs> that was, you read it. You read that very like, even without me making this comment, people listening to this would have been like <laughs> dictated, not read. Yes. <laughs> um. So no no hard feelings, but uh, I just don't want to share the gender sex ideals of an 1800s person. Oh, come on. Uh, when we have so many ways to identify things no in fun. the present time. You're no fun. Come on. No, it, ma- it allowed me <laughs> to skip like five chapters, and I was totally cool with oh, that. Oh, so now we're trying to get out of work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nah, it's all good. It's flawed. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of discussion to be had, but yeah, let's. We're just gonna pass. Pass right through that. Like you said. Well, now what about the what about the the uh, salmonellas? The what salmonellas. You, we don't. Get, we don't talk about them anymore. No, there's no more about them. No, not really. Not right. Um, after this, we get some stories. Uh, then she says she's not writing a book about animal magnetism, and then proceeds to write about what animal magnetism is. Who implied she was? <laughs> well, okay. So animal magnetism during that time was like um have you ever heard of reiki where it's like energy fields yes uh-huh. it's kind of like that yeah yeah it's just gotcha. in in that time it was called animal magnetism because mm. the idea was that all of us have like this field around us this like energy field around us mm-hmm. and that there's some people that could like manipulate it gotcha 
Mela, Mela yeah. knows a little something about animal magnetism. <laughs> she said, Ooh, I need- <laughs> <laughs> You guys are talking about me. You guys me. are talking about me. I know about some magnets and animals. I, I eat tons of them. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on the floor, mm. Um, So I, I think I would like to go into animal magnetism one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, we're just focusing on this, this book. <laughs> Please. Let's get through this fucking book. Please do. Um, all right. And then I put a note in here that said, oh, boy, I'm losing my patience. So I'm going to start skipping ahead. I know that there's cool chapters ahead, and I just really want to read those. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well done. We're on a bit of a time crunch, too. we got people coming over. So yeah. let's see how uh, um, see if we can get through all this. Chapter 11, The Power of Will. Uh, I have another note here. It says, I have no idea what this chapter was supposed to be about, but there's a couple stories. Done. Chapter 12. <laughs> Should we have even done a part two? You, I watched you scroll through your notes and you scrolled. No. You you moved your finger like scrolling through stuff probably, I don't know, between 10 and 20 times. And I was no. like, oh, we're definitely going to have a second episode. And you're because... like, this part, I skipped it. This part, I thought about reading it and then I skipped it. This part... I don't even know what the title <laughs> is because I skipped it accidentally, but I wasn't going to go back and read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. One, <laughs> shut up. Two, the poltergeist story is very long. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 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 doing this for you. Don't don't justify. <laughs> don't justify. <laughs> chapter twelve, troubled spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this chapter contains a lot of stories about ghosts bothering strangers about their problems and making them fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from this point on, it's mostly just stories, which is cool because reading the stories is much easier than reading her, like, trying to explain shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just when everybody goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. So, uh, chapter 13, Haunted Houses. Um, this one is just haunted house stories, no musings, no explanations, just the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, most contain hearing footsteps, bed coverings being removed, feeling watched, etc. cetera. Uh, This one ends with a huge account of the haunted Willington Mill in England near Newcastle. She mostly just cites William Howitt as he wrote a whole article on it and was personally there. Mm -hmm. So I think what I really want to do is maybe do another ghost story episode with that one. Mm -hmm. And I'll just like actually do the research and tell the whole ghost story. Gotcha. Um, Chapter 14 and chapter 15. Uh, chapter 14, spectral lights and apparitions attached to certain families. And chapter 15, apparitions seeking the prayers of the living. Uh, call me lazy. I'm skipping these. Uh, they seem pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's 18 chapters in this fucking book. I'd let, we're just getting moving on. Um, so chapter 16, poltergeist of the Germans and possession. Is this where you can tell a story? Yes. Good. This is the fun one. Good. You did work. <laughs> you read this fucking book no i don't want to i saw it come out of the mailbox all like water damage and was like i don't want to read that <laughs> curse um so this is one this is about the same as the previous chapters where they're mostly just stories but these ones are much more detailed and much longer mm-hmm. so i'm just going to pick one to tell at this point this is the story of the stockwell ghost the story is from a pamphlet titled, get ready, An Authentic, Candid, and Circumstantial Narrative of the Astonishing Transactions at Stockwell in the County of Surrey on Monday and Tuesday, the 6th and 7th of January, 1772, containing a stories, containing the series of the most surprising and accountable events that ever happened, which continued from first to last up to 20 hours and at different places, published with the consent and appropriation of the family and other parties concerned. <coughs> there was more that's um there was more yeah well it it reads like a um uh like a a doctoral dissertation like you've seen like scholarly journals and scholarly articles from people that are doing like their doctorate whatever and then the title of whatever their dissertation is is something like the uh the social implications of brown bears in this particular uh biome environment under these particular cir- circumstances on the monday and tuesday of the month of blah 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 uh implying whether or not and, you go, and it just goes and goes, goes, and, goes, on and, goes. And, on and on and my thing is like i maybe this is a maybe this is a ignorant thing to think but like i've i've 
see the 1800s and I'm like, most of y'all were illiterate. Mm, yeah. Well, it, so. So who's reading these pamphlets? Yeah, well, the wealthy. I was, I was about oh. to say. So to that, I would say the further back in time you get. I don't care about the wealthy. <laughs> literacy. Yeah, well, not, not all I do. Um, but the further back you get like it, with stuff like that literacy and like reading and all that was reserved for like the upper class so yeah i mean i would you know correct me if i'm wrong come for me in the comments or whatever but i feel like people that would be literate and reading and actively writing are probably those of the upper middle to higher class and were all of them writing like this because if everybody was writing like this i'd be like i don't want to read fuck that <laughs> keep me in the washroom this, fuck it. this is hard i don't fucking read I'd rather be out tilling a field this shit sucks mm -hmm. it's like banging my head on my table trying to read through this book mm -hmm. anyways miss Catherine, you're great love you <laughs> love you Catherine. love you mean it um, okay, yeah, uh, the story of the Stockwell ghost. Uh, right off the bat, mm -hmm. the story starts off. They're like, no one's asking for help from damages. Everybody's rich. Some people didn't even have any losses, so it's cool. Mm -hmm. Which I found very odd. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, who is just giving these people money? Uh, yeah, well, again, it's like property damage is what they're concerned with. Because they're rich people. Because they're rich people. <sighs> That's what they're concerned with. No lives were lost. Yeah, what, what about the property? Well, there there weren't any property damages either. Oh, oh thank God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then they just, they um, establish the characters to the story. Mm -hmm. We have main character number one, Miss Golding. She's an elderly lady of an independent fortune, lived in the same area all her life, is respected in the community, and doesn't really get into funny shit, it seems. Mm -hmm. Main character number two. Anne Robinson. She is Mrs. Golding's maid in her 20s who'd only been working for like a week and some days. Mm -hmm. Then we have our side characters. We have Mrs. Payne, who is the niece to Mrs. Golding, has a husband, Mr. Payne, who is a farmer and lives near somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mary Martin, who is Miss, Mrs. Payne's maid, who is an elderly woman and previously served Mrs. Golding. Mm-hmm. Not much is said about her. I think it, she's just listed because she's a witness to all of this, but she doesn't really do much. Gotcha. Um, Richard Fowler, who lives on the opposite side of the street from Mrs. Payne, um, they noted that he's totally sober. <laughs> I'm like, cool. All right. Totally sober. Out of character for him. <laughs> Nobody else is labeled as sober. Mr. Fowler is. Was worth noting. Sarah Fowler, who is Richard's wife, obviously, um, is also totally sober she's another person in this that didn't really do anything like she's not mentioned once i think she's just a witness mm. um so january 6th 1772 at about 10 in the forenoon which i think is 10 in the morning i'm sorry what 10 in the forenoon in the forenoon <laughs> yeah i think it's like 10 in the morning oh yeah 10 in before the noon yeah forenoon yeah okay. forenoon all right <laughs> 10 for noon uh, Mrs. Golding hears china breaking in the kitchen. Her maid comes out to tell her shit's falling, and when they go into the kitchen to see, they when they go into the kitchen, they see a stack of plates just fall from the shelf to the floor. Mm -hmm. And they just shatter. Mm -hmm. uh, as they stand there, all sorts of items start tumbling around the house, making a ton of noise. Mm -hmm. So Mrs. Golding, in her panic, brings a couple of people over to the house, none who are mentioned in the character list before, mm -hmm. which is frustrating. Because they are in this story. So I'm like, who are these men? Right. Um, one of them is a carpenter. And he's like, maybe the house is falling. You did build a room upstairs. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's like, yeah, the house is falling. And so then they they find out that any time that Mrs. Golding and her maid are le have left the area, the chaos would stop. Which meant that it was like following them. Mm -hmm. So Mrs. Golding wants to went to Mr. Gresham's house, which again, not a person who's in the character list. Why'd you even have a character? <laughs> I don't know. This is that's how they set it up. Mm -hmm. Um. So 
Yes, they, they go to Mr. Gresham's house who lives next door and Mrs. Golding faints, uh, leaving the maid at the house. Um, in this time, the carpenter guy and some others start removing items from Mrs. Golding's house just in case it was falling. Mm-hmm. So they're just like taking her shit out of her house. Just in case. Um, while the guys are taking stuff from the house, they call up to the maid to be like, hey, the house is falling. You maybe want to go somewhere else? And she's like totally cool. And she's like, nah. Mm-hmm. And so they, they call up to her a couple more times. And then eventually she does come down and she's like chill mm-hmm. like too chill mm-hmm. like everybody's like you should be freaking like we're all freaking out this is not normal um so mrs Payne is then called for who's the niece and she is told that her aunt is dead and they found her and then and then she like goes to like see mrs golden because she thinks her aunt's dead and she's like just alive and she just fainted Mm. so it's like what the fuck like Mm. why did you have to say that she died like (laughs) calm down (laughs) are you a doctor calm down (laughs) well funny you should say that um there is a doctor he's dead too (laughs) yeah so yeah no so mrs Payne is like oh my god call a doctor we need to bleed her because it's the 1800s where people just bleeding each other they're like, you got a cold? Bleed yourself. <laughs> you got a headache? You have to bleed yourself. Okay. <laughs> right. You feel like your stomach's a little upset? Bleed. <laughs> Take a salt tablet. <laughs> so the doctor bleeds Mrs. Golding and puts the sample in a little container to study later. And like that scene in The Thing, mm-hmm. the blood splurts out of the container and then it goes onto the floor and then the container just like shatters. Mm. And then a bottle of rum somewhere else in the house explodes. Um, and then it's noted it, it's noted to be the other... Oh, fuck. Oh, it's noted to be the only thing that Gresham, of the Greshams that broke. Because hmm. that's very important. Hmm. People need to know how much of the property of the Greshams was destroyed. Well, duh. <laughs> that's what we're all concerned with. So all of Mrs. Golding's shit is being put into the Gresham home. Um, And while this is happening, more shit is breaking. Mm -hmm. So they move from the house that everything was breaking, and then they're moving the shit into the Gresham's house, and then it's still breaking in the Gresham's house. And while this is happening, more shit is breaking. Um, Some dude makes a move for the alcohol, because I think we all would at that point, and it explodes before he can get to it. So Mrs. Golding goes to the next neighbor's house, the Fowler's house. Mm Mm-hmm and she chills there for a while nothing happens to her at all this time but that's because the maid is behind at the gresham's house trying to clean up Hmm. at this time at this time at the gresham's house a jar of pickles flips upside down just like Mm -hmm. upside down and then some other things just shatter with no explanation nobody's by these things when this is happening it's just happening so mrs Payne is like oh no auntie you can't stay here at this man's house we gotta go so she takes Mrs. Golding to her house um, because she thought that like nothing happened at the Fowler house. So she was like, oh, it's over. It's fine. Let's just go to the house. Mm-hmm. It is only about two in the afternoon at this point. Mm-hmm. So from 10 in the morning to two in the afternoon, Mrs. Golding has gone to two other people's homes and wreaked havoc. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the Greshams are at Mrs. Payne's house when Golding and her maid get there. With Mrs. Payne, which is like, that's a weird timeline skip. Like, mm-hmm. we were at the Gresham's house, and then all of a sudden, the Greshams are at Mrs. Payne's house before everybody else is there, but like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they ate dinner, and Mrs. Golding sent the maid back to check on the house. Mm-hmm. So, the Greshams are at Mrs. Payne's house. Mrs. Payne's there. Mrs. Golding's there. Mrs. Golding sends the maid back to the original house, to Miss Golding's house, to check to see if the house is not falling. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the maid gets over there, and she's like, everything's all, like, gray, everything's Gucci, and then she goes, and then the Greshams go home. The maid, I guess, goes back to Mrs. Payne's house. So now at Mrs. Payne's house, we have Mrs. Payne, Mr. Payne, the kids, Mrs. Golding, and the maid. Mm-hmm. And I guess Mrs. Payne's maid, too. 
Um, by eight o'clock, everything goes to shit again. A bunch of pewter plates slam to the ground and roll around, but once they stop and settle, they just flip over. Hmm. But because it's pewter, they, they're not shattering. Mm -hmm. So there's like a point where they try to put the plates back and then whatever it is just like slams it back onto the ground. <laughs> like, man, <laughs> right. I don't want these up here. <laughs> right. huh. um, there were just two eggs chilling somewhere and one flew up and hit the cat in the head. <laughs> where was the cat i don't know on the ceiling <laughs> one of them it just said that just right past it um i don't know who thought this was a good idea but mrs Payne told her maid to start the fire in the large chimney um mm. which i'm like everything is flying around the house why are you starting a fire add fire to the equation what's going on here um all kinds of shit starts being thrown around again near the fire and i'm getting nervous even some hand pieces hanging near the chimney are being thrown to the floor, which is wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> There's like two hams and a slab of bacon just like on the floor. And I'm like, no! Wasteful. <laughs> uh, this was witnessed by the whole family and the neighbors who had came to check on them saw what was happening and was like, oh, I'm sorry. Something's come up. Mm -hmm. I have to wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wash my hair so all this time mrs golding's maid is just walking it it as they say is walking backwards and forwards mm -hmm. which i'm like does that mean she's pacing or is she just or is she moonwalking <laughs> walking back and forth in between these rooms because mm -hmm. she's only walking back and forth in between the kitchen or the parlor and they can't get her to sit down mm -hmm. the only time they get her to sit down is during a moment of prayer time in the morning for like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but while all this crazy shit is still happening, she's still pretty chill mm -hmm. um, and keeps trying to reassure her mistress to not be so freaked out and that this is like totally normal and it's so normal that it happens to all families. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Why are you freaking out? Which further freaked out Mrs. Golding. <laughs> <laughs> And Mr. Payne because, was like... Because nothing freaks you out more than somebody telling you not to be freaked out. <laughs> and then Mr. Payne pulled a Hank Hill and was like, that boy ain't right. <laughs> Talking about the maid? Yeah, like fully. There are a couple of points. I don't really make note of it in my notes, but like there are a couple of points where Mr. Payne goes over to Mrs. Golding and he's like, this girl's fucking weird. <laughs> Your maid's weird. Did you do a background check before? This girl's fucking crazy. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so about 10 o'clock, they call for Fowler, the neighbor, and he's like, nah, and does not stay. Uh, Mrs. Golden can't sleep, and Mrs. Payne is like, I'm so fucking done with this, goes upstairs to her kid's room about 1 o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, around 5 o'clock, Mrs. Golden goes up to her niece and is like, it's too fucking loud in here from all the shit breaking. I gotta go. Mm -hmm. And so Mrs. Golden went to Fowler's house again, and the maid stayed back to help Mrs. Payne get the, the kids ready. At this time, nothing happens. Nothing's breaking. Why are they all still in the house? I don't... Why have Why have we stuck around for this long? I don't know. Sell it. Sell it. Burn it. Tear it down. <laughs> Do whatever. So then they go to the Fowler's house again. Mm -hmm. And then all shit breaks loose. Um, there are a lot of candles and oil and fire danger. So the maid's like, okay, okay. Miss Golden can't stay here, and whatever is going on is going to follow her. Mm -hmm. And then Fowler's like, yeah, you got to go. But whatever is happening is between y'all and God, <laughs> and y'all better get it right. <laughs> he is, he's like, y'all did something. Mm -hmm. Y'all did something. And then Mrs. Uh, Golding is like, leaves and is like, I have nothing to hide from God. <laughs> I speak for myself. And then she just like, I guess, resolves to wait it out. Mm. So Mrs. Golding and her maid finally return home. And whatever is left in the house that hasn't been moved to the Gresham's house yet is just being thrown about. So the maid is then sent to retrieve Mrs. Payne again. I don't know why. And while she's out, nothing happens to Mrs. Golding. So this is one of those times where Mr. Payne, I think, is with Mrs. Golding. Mm -hmm. 
And maybe that's why they're sending for Mrs. Payne. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Payne is doing that. He's like, I don't know. I think that girl's fucking weird. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so basically what they deduce is that it's it's her. It's mm-hmm. the maid. Everywhere that the maid goes while she is with Mrs. Golding, this activity starts up. Mm-hmm. And so when the maid comes back, she is fired on the spot between seven and between six and seven o'clock on Tuesday morning. And that's the end of the story. That's, that's it. That's just it. And we don't get to hear about if the activity stopped or, I mean, <laughs> we're to assume that it did if they don't continue to write about it, I guess. Yeah, that's just it. Hmm. The maid is just sent away. And that's it. And that's it. End the story. You don't I need to know anymore. Mrs. Golding's house wasn't falling. The maid's unemployed and all is right with the world. Yeah. Yep. Happy ending. <laughs> Happy ending for all. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I just reading it was just so funny. There's more too. Like there's others that are this isn't the only story in the book. Well, this is supposedly yeah, I know it's definitely not the only story. <laughs> so this is based on all the sections that you skipped. <laughs> Oops. Look at all these stories. Yep. Look yeah, at all no, these other full stories. Full of stories. Skip. Um, what, what was I going to ask? Oh, I remember. Um, so the, uh, whenever you initially started reading the character, I mean, this is supposed to be like a true account. Yeah. 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 Okay. Not like a fit. Cause you were reading like at the beginning you were reading off like main character one, main character two. So I was like, okay, is this a fictional account or are we just. We're just labeling. So it's a it's I was an just, actual account. Yeah, I was just labeling. And the big thing about this story and why they why they even do that character list in the beginning of the the pamphlet, because that that's in there. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't just me trying to make it easy on us. Mm-hmm. Like they did that themselves. Right. Um, which I appreciated. But um they did that so they could be like, these are the witnesses mm-hmm. to this story. Right. This wasn't just happening to one person and they were like, yeah, crazy shit's happening around me. I don't know. It was like, no, there were up to like five, ten people that all were in the same room while shit was flying around the house. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. And they were trying to explain it. I mean, the carpenter guy was like, I don't know, maybe the house is falling. And then it shit started kicking up in the other houses. And he's like, maybe these houses are falling. <laughs> Uh, you gotta love that 1700s logic but they they started noticing the weirdness mm-hmm. of the maid which i'm i wish they like tried to talk to her more to be like what do you mean this is normal for uh, other families uh, she's she's lower lower class lower mid class you, like we don't need to talk to her what did you mean by that like has this happened to you all your life so this story falls under the poltergeist section mm-hmm. so it's like do, are you just carrying around this like poltergeist activity? Like, what's going on, girlfriend? Mm. She's like, this is normal. All families deal with this. <laughs> if you're looking around the room, looking for the problem, <laughs> and you know there's a problem, but you can't find the problem, I think I think you're the problem. I think she's the problem. <laughs> I think you're the problem. Am I the drama? <laughs> I'm not the drama. Am I the drama? <laughs> No, I'm not the drama. Hello, Mela. Mela's like, oh, me? Speaking of drama. Am I the drama? Hi. Coming up sneezing right into the microphone. <laughs> You're so silly. Okay. <laughs> Charlie just yawning. Faces. Yawns, but like jerks at the same time. Okay, anyways, chapter 17. Uh, this chapter is just labeled miscellaneous phenomenon. Hmm. Phenomena. I've. I've restrained myself. Um, and this is just a few more stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if we do another ghost episode, obviously like the mill, like the haunted mill mm-hmm. I wanted to do, but there might be other stories in here that we can tell every once in a while. They're mm-hmm. short and quick and easy. Um, so we are finally at the end. It is chapter 18, the conclusion. You're doing great. <laughs> if you've stuck around this long, you get nothing thank you but thank you um i was expecting a nice little wrap-up uh but miss Catherine pulled a fast one on me and head dives in either into talking about mediums or like what we would call mediums psychics and empaths 
and divination using divination rods. Mm -hmm. Like she can't make up her mind. Mm. She keeps flip-flopping and I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, so are we talking about mediums or are we talking about rods? Like, what are we talking about? Mm -hmm. So then she like meanders for a while until she finally settles on telling this one story about a dude who uses the rods to solve a murder, but also experiences being extremely violently ill while searching. Mm. Really quick, before I go any further, um, do you know what divination rods are? Mm. Have you seen those? I do, but uh, for the for those at home that don't, go ahead and explain. So divination rods are like, um, like picture in your mind an L shape. Mm-hmm. So you have two of those. Your hands hold the shorter L, the, the shorter side of the L. So mm-hmm. like the bottom shorter stick of the L so that the two longer pieces are pointing away from your body. Mm-hmm. So you have your your hands at like elbow, like uh, height up. Yeah, from, like from, right shoulder, from shoulder to fist, yeah. right angle with your arms. Yeah, and you have the rods like in your palms, in your hands, and the sticks are pointing out but the sticks are within i i guess not all of them are but like some of them are within like a metal tube that makes it a bit easier for them to move because the idea is that you ask your question and then the sticks could either point you in the direction where to go or they cross for yes or no questions Mm -hmm. so this guy is is walking around the country with these divination rods trying to solve this murder and i've always just a, a quick side note I like I get it. I understand mm-hmm. divination rods and like yeah, I I get that explanation and everything. But it's just like the whole thing with ghost hunting for me is taking the human element out of it, no pun intended. Um and like I don't know. Like you want to avoid mm-hmm. any type of like interference and to directly interact with the thing that you're supposedly talking to ghosts Mm -hmm. with doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me like i get the whole um i don't know like the the emf readers that like pick up electrical Mm -hmm. fields and the um, radio scanning thing that supposedly like words will come out of it when a ghost is trying to talk through it as it like scans through radio Mm -hmm. signals i get that because you don't touch those things you set them and forget them Kinda, and but you don't like interact with them directly while you're running your tests. Mm-hmm. The divination rods, you're like physically holding them. So there's a for me, there's a lot of margin for human error to like tilt your hands a slight way, and you don't even realize you're doing it. Well, it, that's the argument point that I've actually recently found because I found a video on pendulums mm-hmm. and explaining pendulums. Yeah, the same thing pendulums with pendulums and and that kind of thing, and it this person explained it in a way where it was like, this is the like subconscious suggestion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you, you don't have control over like what your hand is doing, mm-hmm. but that's your subconscious moving through you. Like, and it does require that human aspect. So that's why. These... So it's part of it. It's factored into yeah. the way that the tool uses like, yeah, that's going to be a factor, but it's because something is speaking through you. Yes. And, and that's, I'm not saying I agree one way or another. I'm still kind of learning about Mm -hmm. it because part of me thinks like, well, scientifically you need to have a control, Mm -hmm. which has no, you know, interaction involved. Mm -hmm. But also the other part of me is like, you're trying to tap into something that is spiritual Mm -hmm. and requires you to be like vulnerable and to tap into that human nature of yourself. So like it would make sense that you would need that part of yourself to be involved mm-hmm. to connect spiritually to something. Yeah. No, yeah, for me scientifically it sounds like a crock of horseshit. <laughs> um spiritually though, I there's you can I'm not you know, no one's going to mm-hmm. tell you what you can or can't believe spiritual spiritually mm-hmm. speaking. So if you want to like throw that into the spiritual category of like yeah, there's some divination involved and uh and things will speak through you and yada mm. yada like there's yeah of course there's no way to like scientifically uh back that so but does not being able to prove it in a scientific way make it lesser than something that can be proved in a scientific way and i think that's the frustration with with Catherine crow in this book is that 
you know, it, oh, if it can't be scientifically proven right now, then it doesn't exist. And it's like, well, we're just not at the point that we can study it in the way that we should be or could be. Or mm-hmm. So does it, anything that can't be scientifically investigated at the current time, does that make it a lesser thing, a lesser topic? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I don't think so. I think if you believe it, hmm. Okay, I'm going to continue. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> nah, believe, um, believe what you want to believe. So, so yeah, that uh, this dude, he's like walking around looking for whoever uh, murdered these people, hmm. which it's a whole long story. I'm super paraphrasing. Um, but at one point, he's just like looking for water. Mm-hmm. And like he's just looking for a water vein. He's just like got his little like pew pews out and he's like looking for water and he finds a dead woman. Just like dead woman in the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Um, makes a couple more references to people being ultra sensitive to the phenomena and others don't that others don't experience, mostly focusing on smell and feeling pain. Mm. Uh quickly brings up ambulance and talismans just to be like yeah, these are carried around or whatever. Magic is everywhere. <laughs> Magic's everywhere. Also, believe let me it. remind you, this is still only the conclusion. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, wait, and another thing. <laughs> right. Um. Then, so then she starts getting into a real nice conclusion paragraph. Uh, but like, there's like five more pages. <laughs> after this so i know this shit ain't over yet um tells another story about a murder where some spooky shit was used as evidence in a trial then she brings up poison mm-hmm. uh and she just like starts going into like poison immunity for some reason and like indigenous tribes eating poisonous things and snakes i think i think she's trying to get back into animal magnetism again but like i i don't know I don't know. I just, I'm like, girl, are you tired? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of mysteries behind this waterlogged book that you've, <laughs> that you've come across on Amazon. Um, and now, okay, so now for real, she's letting me know that she's almost done oh, at this point. For real, for real. Yeah, for real, for real. She's like, okay, I'm getting ready to, like, my conclusion paragraph. Um, but before... Uh, she's like, yeah, the world is full of wonders. Have you read the Kabbalah? And I'm like, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the Kabbalah. And then she quotes some stuff about how we need to take care of the soul because if we only focus on the material, physical realm, we make God sad or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> You're going to make God sad or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then she bids us adieu and and that's that's it. Adieu. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Yeah. Peterson. Yeah. Well, Catherine Crow. Yeah. She started trying to write about the Kabbalah, and I think her editor was like, why, why don't we leave that for another day? I'm going to stop you there. That's a different book. <laughs> Both literally and in the sense of you writing about whatever it is that you've rambled on about for oh the last however many pages. Oh, I hope that was enjoyable. And just so that we all know, Yep, it's a real book. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> I have a we're picture just, of it. We're just not making it up. Yeah. It's, it exists. And you too, for the low, low price of insert amount here. I think it was like $12. Can own this stack of hot garbage. It's not heart garbage. Heart. heart. It's not it's heart. Not heart garbage. <laughs> it's not heart garbage. <laughs> I'm like, I can't word. It's anymore. not heart garbage. No, it's not. It It's just, that's why I had that little disclaimer in the beginning. Cause it's like, I don't, I'm not trying to like attack her intelligence. It's just, this was written in the 1800s. Yeah. And she needed. In the mid 1800s. She needed some editing. And, and this is during a time where like, we are still fucking bleeding people when they are like coughing. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's an interesting look into, um into the world before Zach Bagans as we know it. Well, and she tries to explain things in the way that she understands the world and it's appreciated, but like you didn't have to. Uh. 
no one was asking for it really just a lot and and it it really is an amazing collection of 1800s well 18th century 19th century ghost stories Mm -hmm. it it really is and like i said earlier in all of this is that when she starts writing about the stories it becomes so much more easier to read it's still weird Mm-hmm. It's still hard. Like there's still times where you're like, wait, what? Wait, is he inside the house or outside the house, bitch? Like figure it out. Mm-hmm. But it's when she starts trying to explain things that she starts going into that. And whither to we come to the time when we are thinking about, but not always. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, just mm-hmm. be concise. Just rambling. Ramble on. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I really respect the work that she did i mean to be a woman writer one good for you mm-hmm. a woman writer without having to use a male alias mm-hmm. yeah, um true to to be within a group of you know the the english literati like to mm-hmm. to have good friends in there for them to promote your writing is cool to be a woman writer to work in ways, work in, like, messages of anti-racism and Mm anti-prejudice is really impactful, I think. Like, I'm really trying not to take away from all of that. And that's why I'm ending with this, because that's, like, her legacy, I think. Yeah. It's it's just unfortunate that the one, you know, instance where she had a little mental illness break. Mm. Yeah. That... That that's that's what she was labeled as and you know she's trying to explain this ghost stuff in in some kind of way and maybe not in the easiest or best way but she's at least trying to be like hey this should be studied mm-hmm. like look at all these fucking stories you're telling me something nothing's happening like the germans think it's fucking cool <laughs> that's right. yeah yeah <laughs> no and and i mean there are uh, people vastly more uh i don't want to i don't want to say of note or more worthy of note because i don't think they are necessarily more worthy or unworthy or whatever but i don't know i'm just thinking about like um uh benjamin franklin who liked to like sunbathe nude and it's like i don't know so he was given a pass yeah all kinds of like really eccentric intelligent people out there um just get naked and run in the streets it's a it's a running theme that's the thing <laughs> that's you find that more often than you would think um but yeah it one well, it gets into the whole idea of like hysteria and what that implies for women and and all this and that so mm-hmm. anyway all that to say uh catherine crow you you're all right yeah. You are this 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 here waterlogged book. <laughs> we respect you, but edit. Yeah, she, edit. she needs an editor. Edit. Or a proofreader. Well, and the whole time I was reading this, I was thinking like, is she like how was this produced? Like where was this printed? Like, did she just go to her like printer with just like handwritten <laughs> it was just like here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just wonder that, like, how were people in the 1800s, like, writing their shit out? Like, if they wanted to edit something or, like, move a a sentence somewhere, did they just have to, like, throw the whole piece of paper out? Did they cut up the pieces of paper and, like, glue them to other pieces of paper? Yeah. uh Because I don't want to read out, I don't want to rewrite all that shit. Tell us in the comments if you know anything about 18th century literature and publishing, write it out. Yeah, well, type it out. Sure. Type typewriter it out. Yeah. Cut 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 and paste it. <laughs> Collage it out. Yeah. Send it. Send it. Send it by uh by dove dovetailed swallow. Catherine Crow showing up to like a publisher. She's got like this like stack of like glued cut up paper. That's like got glue dripping off of it. Yeah. She's like, this is my book about ghosts. It looks like something that a serial killer would have like pieced together out of newspaper cuttings. This is my magnum opus. She's got, she's got like pamphlets of other people's work glued to it. <laughs> so I sourced them. I sourced them. Oh, God. Wow. Good on you, Catherine Crow. 
Yeah. So everybody, happy Halloween. I hope you enjoyed that very long two-part episode. Yeah. We're not... I, I don't have any, like, doggy horoscopes prepared no, no, for no. this time No, no, I think around. we're good. And it's, you know, if you're if you're into the, the doggy horoscopes and you want to see them come back, then leave me feverish comments wherever you're listening. I had to burp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pause. I didn't want to burp in the mic. But yeah. So... I did this for you. I did this so nobody would have to read it. In this hot pile of reputable literature. Well, if you, again, if you want to read the ghost stories, it's yep. it's a good place. Like I said, I'll probably go back in to, to find some fun ghost stories to tell every once in a while. It's all in there. And you too yep. can own The Night Side of Nature by Catherine Crow. Yeah. Just hop online and... Ask uh, ask Big Daddy Bezos to, to <laughs> send it drop you a packet. <laughs> Make sure it's waterlogged. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, our mailbox must have been like open when it got delivered. I think or it was just like that. <laughs> <laughs> they printed it and somebody dropped it in a puddle of water. I just think that's how it happened. All right, anyway. we've lingered along long enough. So yep. we're gone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Happy Halloweeners. Brush your teeth. Yeah. Thanks for your time. The dog here is free. Congrats on making it to the end of the episode. Why don't you give us a follow wherever you're listening and maybe even leave a review. Put in a good word with the algorithm, you know? For picture references and other general content related to the pod, you can follow our social accounts at the dog hair is free on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Subscribe to get notifications when we post new episodes, but otherwise we're targeting releases every other week, so hopefully more frequently in the future. And again, thanks for your time. The dog hair is free.